So we are closing our three-part teaching series called Walking with Jesus. In this series, we have discussed and highlighted a handful of Jesus' miracles. Today's message, we are going to talk about the fact that our bodies break down and that we are not born with a perfect body or health. And some of us are born with a condition that limits limits, um, their ability. Some of us now are dealing with chronic pains physically and emotionally that affects our livelihood. Where's our miracle? And that's the question that we're gonna wrestle today. When our bodies hurt, the immediate and the most common question is why? Why am I going through so much pain? Or why I was born this way? Is this a punishment? If God is so great, how can he allow this to happen to me? Why can I just be born perfect? And to make things worse, we compare ourselves to others and say, wow, God has really blessed him. This morning, I want to share with you several stories from Jesus' life. These stories will illustrate how Jesus responds to his people who are overwhelmed, who are consumed by the brokenness of their bodies. First comes from the Gospel of John, which is today's scripture reading text, John 9, verses 1 through 7. And it says, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? But that the works of God might be the, sorry, Ooh. it's Repeat that again. I do apologize. I'm my stuff here. Uh, birth from birth. Um, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God m- might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming. No one can work as long I am in, when no one can work. As long I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground, made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, go and wash in a pool of siluam, which means scent. So he went, washed, and came back seeing. This ends the word of the Lord. The first thing we see is that Christ offers compassion. This man was born blind, unable to see, never saw color or any images in his life. Society labeled this man unworthy. No one really cared or even bothered to notice him. In fact, There was a normal, uh, in fact, there was a common but wrong notion that since he was born with physical limitations, that his parents or someone in his family must have done something really bad, and the result is God's punishment. And of that caused this man to be blind. But rather than judgment, 
we see Christ go against the norm and offer this man something different. He offers him compassion. This man does not call out for Jesus. The disciples did not point him out. Jesus see this man and felt the desire to help and heal him. And of course, the disciples questioned Jesus, wanting to know the reason why he was born this way. Jesus answers, very simple, and, and simple to the point, nothing he or his parents did. I wanna make, make this clear. There is no direct relationship or link or anything associated with our broken bodies with any particular sin we commit. There is no direct relationship or link or anything associated our broken bodies with any particular sins we commit. We see here that this man suffered for God's glory. Listen what Jesus said. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but the works of God might be displayed in him. For years, this man suffered being blind from birth, not knowing his own face, what it looks like. But Jesus' heart overflows with love, heals this man's sight, and tells us that the only reason he was born without sight was because he had a divine purpose, to be healed by Jesus, and to have his stories, our stories, told throughout history so that all would know, including us this morning, how just, how merciful, and how glorious and powerful God is. Have you ever wondered if the reason you are struggling physically, emotionally, or whatever you are going through, is it because you have done something wrong? Or have you ever wondered if maybe if you had prayed more, gone to church more, nicer to my parents more, our parents more, or more generous to those who are in need? What if that is true? If I have done more, have you ever wondered if God was punishing you? I can say for certain that the answer is no. Things break, our bodies break because the world is broken. But God has punished and forgiven all sins on the cross. He is not in the business of making people sick because they sin. Second, second thing we see is that Christ offers healing. The Bible highlights several events to observe God's mercy in action as people come to to Jesus in deep distress and afflicted with illness of many kinds. No surprise we hear and read about people desperately seeking him so they can be healed from their physical brokenness. No wonder in every town Jesus visited during his ministry, we hear about how he healed the sick. Another brief story I'd like to share is in John 11, death of Lazarus. Lazarus was Jesus' best friend, 
the scripture tells us that he, Lazarus, was, was extremely sick and dies. Jesus weeps, he cries, when he hears the news about the death of his best friend. He returns to the town where Lazarus is from and visits the tomb with Lazarus' sister, Martha. Martha tells Jesus, it is too late. He'd been dead for, for days. Listen to what Jesus said to her. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? John eleven forty. So what does Jesus do? He raises Lazarus from the grave. Jesus is a savior of, of incredible compassion, but also with unmatched and amazing powers, the power to raise the dead and completely heal. Other stories, in, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter two, here's a story about a paralytic man who no one knows how he became paralyzed, but he was. So there's these four guys, not sure if they were friends or families or guys from the neighborhood, took this man through a crowd of people onto the roof of the house where Jesus was speaking at, dug a hole, and pretty much dropped him in Jesus' feet. Jesus saw their faith, and he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And to prove to those sitting there bad-mouthing Jesus and doubting his authority to forgive the sins, Jesus said, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Jesus had compassion, and Jesus healed. Let us revisit the stories that we talked about during this series. The first was feeding the 5,000 in the families. Before he fed the 5,000, he healed those in the town. And those gathered around the town followed Jesus, and they were hungry. They were starving. Some disciples said, let them go into town, get something to eat, but it was too late. So Jesus healed the sick like he normally does, and he feeds them with just five loaves of bread and two fish. You see, Jesus had compassion, and Jesus healed. The women, for 12 years long, had suffered from hemorrhaging. 12 years couldn't be part of society. 12 years been an outcast. 12 years couldn't have a normal life. 12 years cannot be married because of this, this disease that she was holding with. 12 years been put aside. When she heard about this man named Jesus, she ran, risked it all. Jesus had compassion, and Jesus healed. The other story is the young girl, the daughter of Jairus, who was extremely ill and dies. Her father came to Jesus a well-known man came to this man named Jesus, risked his life, risked his reputation, his status, to go against his people's norms. Went to a man named Jesus, heard that his daughter passed, left weeping, 
Jesus followed, went to his home. He raised this, this young girl from the dead and gives her life. Not only he gives her life, he healed the heart of those in the room. Jesus had compassion and Jesus healed. We have this story of the remarkable, of this marvelous man named Jesus who was our savior, the Christ, God in flesh, comes, be with the people, does all these things. He heals all that is in contact with him. And he shows the most important thing in each and every one of these stories. It's compassion. Jesus had compassion, and Jesus healed. You may think that no one notices or cares about your fatigue, about your diagnosis, or about your struggles, or how hard is it for you to navigate in town, because your body is not up to it. My back is killing. My knees won't work. I can't walk. Maybe you may believe that no one understands the fear of living with cancer or the anxiety of getting older. And you may believe that there is no hope for you. But what these stories remind us of is that there is at least one who looks at you with compassion. There is one who has the power to heal in his hands. And there is one who notices your struggles and quiets your fear. And that one is Jesus. He notices you. He notices your element. He understands your roller coaster ride. He understands your physical limitations. He understands your heart. He is the one that looks at you with compassion. He is the one that notices you. And he is the one that will heal you. You may say, that is wonderful, but what, but why me? Why me? That's great, he is awesome, all these stories is awesome. You think there, yes, he knows in me, but why me? But why me? Why do I have to live with this condition? Why do I have to live with this emotional stress? Why do I have to live with diagnosis of cancer? If he has the power to heal, then why doesn't he heal me right now? Why doesn't he heal me right now? Some might say, your faith is weak or you are not worthy to be healed because of your lack of faith. 
If we try harder, work harder, give more, and maybe I'll be healed. That's what the lies of the devil is whispering in your ear right now. So what is the answer of our question? Why I am not healed? Where's my miracle? The answer is that Jesus does heal. He provides such healing through medicine, therapy, and cares from doctors and medical professionals. But I have the feeling that's not the answer. <laughs> that you're looking for, and it's not good enough for us. Yeah, it's not good enough for us, but he does. If you like me, you want to sit in the room, have the heavens open, angel comes and says, boom, you're healed. No doctor, no meds, no nothing. That's what I want. That's what we want. Yes, Jesus healed all those people. But the healing they receive won't last long. Eventually, something else will happen. And eventually, they'll get sick again. And eventually, they will die. But he's saving his true healing for the world to come. These healing Jesus performed was solely to point out his power as God and to point towards the eternal blessing that are to come at his return. These healings Jesus performed was solely to point out his power as God and to point towards the eternal blessing that are to come at his return. Right now, Jesus' greatest concern is healing our hearts and our relationship with the Father, both are which broken by sin. Sin is the root of, and the heart of all problems. Yes, there are tons of sinful, unrepentant people who are perfectly healthy. And there are also God-fearing, faithful Christians in this world and in this room whose bodies are completely broken. Those are the facts. Why? Why? I have said this before in previous sermons. The general sinful condition that pervades the falling world is the result of the fall of man. We inherit it. This is the root of the problem that results in all the brokenness we are all dealing with today. We inherit the brokenness. And that is the root. So what does Jesus do? He does his greatest healing act by dying on the cross. He shed his blood for us to cleanse us from this unwanting gift of broken heart and a broken relationship with the Father that was given to us by our first parents. And that is the healing. That is the medicine that we need. 
In Isaiah 53, it says, His wound, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. That said, let us not forget that God has promised to redeem our bodies too. God is committed to restoring, to restoring his creation, and that includes our bodies, your body. When Christ returns, we will raise from the grave, wherever you are, we will be made new. This is what we believe as a church. God promised the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So, in this perfect world God has prepared for us, he will call us from the grave. We will stand from our wheelchairs. We will lay aside those crutches to walk, to run, to jump. We will raise from the hospice bed. We will break our glasses with joy. We will toss our earring aids that cost thousands of dollars. We will tear our insulin pump. We will cancel our chemotherapies. We will cancel our therapy sessions. And from the grave and from our illness, God will give us a glorified body. We will raise from the grave, stand from our wheelchairs. We could run, we could jump, we would toss away our glasses, toss away the hearing aid. We will cancel our chemo um, um, treatments and our therapy sessions. And from the grave and from our illness, God will give us a new glorified body. This is the miracle we've been waiting for. If God, he, if God, he, chooses to heal us today, great. But I'm looking forward to the miracle and promise, the promises of eternal life. If he heals us today, great. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Promises of eternal life. In close, I would like to share a short story, a video, about a father and son and their love for one another. Let's look at this and then we'll finish up. Every time I see that video, I'm full of tears. Um, I think HBO Sports has a documentary on these two. It's amazing to see and hear about these two. I am sure that there are days it's too much to bear, and I can't imagine the cost and the work that is involved to care for such person who is clearly facing physical limitations. But nothing stopped these two in running in marathons. They keep going. People had told them, you don't belong here. Why waste your time? But they kept running, no matter what. Dick Hoyt is a man, a man who is like us, a sinner. But his love for his son is great. And he ran with him because he loves him. And it brings him great joy. All I could think about is our Father in heaven, who loves us more than anyone in this world. He gave himself in flesh to die for us and more. 
God is, do, is going to be with us in the race to the end. And he will never let go or abandon us. You see, Christ had compassion and he heals. Let us listen to the promise God gives his people through Isaiah. Isaiah 41, God said, you are my servant. I chose you and not cast you off. Fear not, I am with you, and be not dis dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with the righteousness, with my righteous right hand, which is himself. God ensures us that he has chose us, chosen us, that he is in relationship with us, that he will not cast us aside, but rather God will be with us and uphold us. Yes, our bodies will fail. So what? It's only for a short time. I'll leave you with another promise from our Savior, John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, Yet shall be, uh, yet he lives, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And that's the healing, and that's compassion. Amen. <laughs>